Back here at J. Tom Lawler Rink, Mike Macknick and John Leahy with you with the Warriors trail Northeastern. After one period by the score of 2 to nothing, change of pace here as Mike McMahon comes in from the bullpen. Mac Cronin unable to join us for the first period. I uh, hope to talk to him in the second intermission, but we will talk now with Mike McMahon from the Mac Report, the MacReport.com, College Hockey News, and uh, Eagle Tribune. Have I left anything out? Not that I know of. I, th- I think we hit them all. All right. Uh, that first period, I thought, first 10 minutes you know, for Merrimack, a pretty good 10 minutes, although a lot of good scoring chances went by the boards. Shots wide of the net, pucks shot wide are just not not finding open guys. And then once Northeastern crashed the net there and got the goal by Spatula, it completely changed the, the complexion of the period. I thought it was all Northeastern after that. Even though the shots show 9-3, that does not begin to tell the story. Yeah, I'd agree. And, you know, it's one of those things where you don't usually see that from a, a veteran team. You know, usually you see a veteran team. Usually what you see happen to Merrimack sort of unraveling after a goal like that. You see a lot happen with younger teams. Uh, Merrimack is not a younger team. They've got a lot of veteran bodies. So, uh, you know, I, I think if, if, if you're Mark Denny and you're the coaching staff, that's a little discouraging. You know, watching them sort of mentally unravel after those two goals, especially after the first goal, but even after the second goal, we saw them have to take their time out just to try to settle the bench down a little bit. Uh, it's not the type of first period you want, obviously, in a home-and-home series on a weekend where, especially you're at home, I mean, you know, it's not a secret teams win more at home than on the road. So uh, if you're going to take points this weekend, it needs to start here tonight. That's not the way they want them to start. I can't think of the last time that uh, Mark took a timeout in the first period, which is probably a pretty good indication of how bad it was yeah, and I think it was just trying to calm him down, too. I mean, uh, try to stop that ball from rolling downhill because we've seen it before where two quick goals like that, a team that maybe is starting to unravel a little bit before you know it, it's 3 nothing, 4 nothing at the end of the period. So I think he was just trying to stop that, that boulder from going any more downhill than it was. And, and it seemed to have right the ship a little bit. I mean, after the timeout, I thought they had some chances. Granted, they had a 5 on power play after that, so they did get some zone time. But, uh, yeah, obviously, I mean, without question, he didn't play much better. What did you think they were looking at on the uh, the goal, the Spatula goal, uh, halfway through the first period, just trying to find to see if there was, to see how it was knocked into the net and if it was done illegally? Yeah, you know, at first I thought they were looking at maybe when the net came off, because the net did seem to come off. So uh, at first I thought they may have been looking at when the net came off. Then, you know, as they kept looking and kept looking and kept looking, I said, it's got to be something else, something that they're uh, having a hard time seeing. Uh, and then, you know, from one, you could sort of see in some of the TV screens, it seemed like the puck was underneath Marotta. So I wondered, were they looking to see how the puck came dislodged? Was it his, one of his teammates that knocked it loose? Was it somebody that, after a whistle, was, was going at him with a stick or with, you know, trying to kick him in the leg or whatever the case may be? But uh, I, I still, obviously, am not sure. But I think at first they were trying to look to see when the net came off and where the puck was underneath the Marotta in relation to when the net came off the ball. And then, you know, a play like that, I suppose, the call could go either way. Maybe they're going to see something to disallow it. You don't know it. Either way, I'm sure both clubs are trying to make sure that you don't get too high or low, be, be ready to bounce back, whatever the call is. I, I think the goal then a couple of minutes later, uh, the goal by Hedges is probably the one that might be more discouraging if you're marked in. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, if you're looking at a, at a goal for that amount of time and you rule it a goal, they're, they're, you had to have come to some sort of conclusive evidence. I mean, I'm sure they looked at it for what felt like close to 10 minutes. I mean, I, I didn't time it, but they were looking at that goal for quite a while. But, yeah, I think it's the second goal. Uh, that, that's the one where you really want back, just in the sense that that seemed to be evidence of, uh, you know, them not handling that first goal the way you want to see them handle it. 
And if you're Merrimack, I mean, you're in a situation right now, let's face it, they've been mired in a goal-scoring slump for quite a while. They had a couple of games uh, when they were playing the 4-3 against Atlanta Hockey where they could get some pucks in the net, but uh, really, other than that Mercyhurst game, the second Mercyhurst game, and the Army game, other than that, it, goals have been hard to come by. So when you get in a situation like this it, and you give up the first goal, which they've done almost every time out, it seems to be difficult to bounce back. I mean, what, what can change so that the rest of the season doesn't go this way and it's another... You know, 37 goals in 34 games, or whatever it was, like like six or seven years ago. I mean, what can change? What what, what can happen to change their fortune from this point forward? You know, I don't know if it's just a matter of getting better quality chances because you look at the number of shots they've had. They're up over 31 shots a game on average. Uh, and, and the big difference with that team, I think it's six or seven years ago. Now they couldn't score. Was they weren't putting shots on net either? I mean, they were. I think they were averaging below 20 shots a game for a big chunk of that year and finished at like 20. 20 or 21. So they're certainly getting chances, right? So they're getting the puck in the zone, they're getting pucks on net. And that's true. I mean, like out in Notre Dame, they had yeah. 30 shots pulled night. It's just a matter of where those shots coming from. And, uh, you know, there's all sort of, it's hard to do in college hockey, but in the NHL, there's all these metrics now with, you know, advanced stats of, of where shots are coming from and, and guys chart, you know, there's statisticians that chart where pucks or where shots come from on the ice and what's a high percentage area, what isn't. I mean, it's pretty basic, you know, if you're in the slot, that's a pretty high percentage shooting area. So I think. I know it's funny, though, right? I mean, because stats in hockey, right? Hockey's to me, has always been the antithesis of baseball, where baseball stats, so many different kinds of stats can tell the story. In hockey, I don't think there are that many other than the final score, obviously. But when you look at that first period, they got shots on goal. They had they out-attempted uh, Northeastern 21-12 to 12 here. And yet, you look at the types of chances they had. And, I mean, how many times you, you had, uh, you know, Clayton Jardine, who's played real well lately, but he comes down the wing there and he fires a shot well wide of the net. you got to get pucks on net here. And I felt like that was the focus coming into the game, and yet they weren't able to do that in the first period. It looked like maybe it was a focus after the, the first goal, after the goal was scored there, because they did come down, and it seemed like uh, maybe trying to make an attempt at doing that, but however it happened, I mean, I look at nine shots on goal, nine to three, how many tough saves did Clay Witt have to make? Not, not more than one or two. Yeah, exactly, and that's been the problem, and it's funny, because shot attempts, I think, is a stat that almost gets overlooked. Everybody looks at shots on goal, well, shots attempts is going to tell you that story of who's controlling possession, right? Who's, who's Who's directing more shots at the opposing net? That's going to tell you who's really controlling time of possession in a game. And like I said, 21 to 12. I mean, they almost doubled their shot attempt. So they've been in the zone. They've been getting pucks on it. And they have against everybody all year for the most part. It's just it's been getting to those higher percentage areas and, and trying to convert those those high quantity of, of, uh, of opportunities into maybe some more quality. Yeah, I thought to a large extent. I mean, Merrimack talked about wanting to control and dictate the, the pace of play, right? I thought they did that to a large extent yet. It was Northeastern's better players that scored the goals. And I also thought, here's another thing. Northeastern really took the play to Merrimack in that first period physically. It was a, it was a very physical period, mostly from the Northeastern side. I mean, the four penalties that they took, you got a couple of aggressive penalties that were there that I don't think Jim Madigan minds with the way that his team is playing and, and dominating the game. Yeah, not at all. I think, you know, you, you see coaches say that a lot or hear coaches say that a lot. Those type of penalties are the ones that will kill. Yeah. You know, they, they don't have an issue killing those penalties for roughing or even like an elbow, something where you're just being aggressive. Right. The ones that you don't want to kill are the, you, you get beat and you hook a guy or you get beat and you trip a guy. Those are the ones that tend to kill you. Uh, those, those just penalties are being over aggressive. I think most coaches will, will, will gladly kill those on. All right, Mike, it's good to see you. We appreciate it. Folks, check out his work at themacreport.com. Also uh, writing for the Eagle, Eagle Tribune tonight, right? That's right. All right, Eagle Tribune in the paper or on.
online and also call Chuck Mike, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mike. All right, Mike McMahon joining us in his first admission with Northeastern leading Merrimack 2 to nothing. We'll be back to recap the first right after this. You're listening to live coverage of Merrimack Hockey.